Oh, snap. It's a bonus pod, y'all. Let's get into some free agents. finally happening dude there's actually you know we've been there's been like little hints and there's been a few small moves i shouldn't say small moves but uh, you know like we've been teased for so long i feel like and now finally today's the day uh when floodgates opened the floodgates open absolutely how excited are you by the way you must be the happiest man alive we'll get into all this but i mean you must be the happiest man alive right now finally after all this time and all this patience, Bill Belichick decided to be fun. I'm so happy for you. We are having fun. This is the most fun day to be a Patriots fan in a long time. I saw a tweet today, uh, shout out Warren Sharp, who said, um, in the past 10 years of free agency, Bill Belichick has spent $359 million, just shy of uh, $360 million in um in the free agency process, and in the first three hours of 2021, he spent 146 million. Good, oh, more than almost half, even almost more. half. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then, um, and then that was before uh, a couple, uh, maybe like 30 minutes later, um, the Patriots signed good old Jalen Mills uh, from the Eagles, good old D back from the Eagles, who uh, is very exciting. He's only 26 years old, which is super super shocking to me i would have thought i would have guessed he was probably like 29 or 30 well this is sort of the one that was a big shock more than more than any other ones was uh the jalen mills signing because he wasn't on anybody's radar in terms of corners or anything like i you know i i i'm surprised he wouldn't go you know the shaq griffin if you're gonna pay this amount of money you pay a little more for shaq griffin if uh the i don't know what the seahawks are doing with him uh, I don't know if that's, <laughs> I don't know if that extension is 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 coming, but that that I'm I'm surprised. Jalen Mills was part of this like Eagle secondary that was was historically bad, and I feel like people always felt like Jalen Mills was sort of the the one sort of good piece in there. I think he, you know, listen, he's he's a good compliment to Stephon Gilmore. This, I, it's oddly enough, signing Jalen Mills tells me you're keeping Stephon Gilmore, which that's doesn't exactly what make I'm... a lot of sense, but. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to think about Mills. I, I was pretty excited when I heard the news. Uh, you're right. Um, he's not exactly the hot commodity of a name he was a couple of years back when he was playing on the Eagles team that obviously beat my pass in the Super Bowl. Um, but uh, he's uh, he's 26 years old, so he could have a lot of football left in him. I mean, you know, there's always the possibility he's Eli Apple. He falls apart. He's kind of just like never quite that next level guy but um you've seen a lot of talent that bill belichick has sculpted to his to his needs so i think this could be one of those situations i guess that's uh well i want to i want to pause this for a second because we have i'm hearing massive feedback is are you hearing that too no i'm not 
Okay. All right. I guess. I guess. Never mind. Then I. All right. We'll do it. We'll just do it and see how. I, if you don't hear it, then it probably doesn't exist. But I'm sorry. I just. I'm sorry. I just had to. No worries. I, I have marked. I have marked the time cue so we can cut everything we're doing right now and just dive back in. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, it would very much suck if that feedback showed up on the recording, but I'm. I'm pretty sure it won't. Okay. I I mean I I'm it could definitely be I'm using a adapter to plug this headset in, so it could certainly be just like the headphones doing that more than anything else. So we'll see. Okay. Your sound is really good right now from where I'm sitting. We sound awesome. Okay, great. All right, perfect. All right, sorry about that. All right, let's uh what we just we, I I was I was gonna go off I don't even know what I was just about to say. Jalen Mills. Jalen Mills. All right, you want to jump in with Jalen Mills? Jump in, respond. So I said I had just said that, uh, if, uh, you know, Bill Belichick could be the answer to make Jalen Mills something special. Well, I think so as, again, as sort of a complimentary piece. I think that that's the key. The only The concern that I had sort of at first, and I think the reporting is kind of leaned in a different direction, so I'm like, all right, but – I was kind of concerned that they were taking that as like, oh, he's going to be the replacement. You know what I mean? Like he's good. We're going to sign him because we're getting rid of Stefan Gilmore, which is some, which is something that I would worry about if you just see them sign Jalen Mills. But the way that they're, I would have less confidence in that because the way that they're interacting with free agency right now tells me they're playing aggressive. They're playing a very aggressive style. And I, I you know, I spoke about this, a preview to, to watch folks is, you know, uh, I, I originally, when we did our mock draft, check that episode out, uh, the most recent one. I had, I had the Cardinals going up and getting a guy like Kyle Pitts, making an aggressive trade because they've shown that sort of aggressive style with going for J.J. Watt and all that. But when the Patriots are acting like this, there's no reason to think that a team like, you know, a team like the Patriots can't be – I had them being a little more conservative. There's no reason with the way that they're playing right now, they can't be more aggressive to move up for a Kyle Pitts, or honestly, I mean, if they want to just do a transition year with Cam Newton, draft a big-time quarterback, a Justin Fields, a Trey Lance, if they really want to, they have the ability uh, to make that happen. So, I, you know, it's it's been – I think this is has been amazing from that sort of psychological perspective. And I also – we talked about – I love Jonu Smith for you guys. That is the perfect type of tight end oh, for what you guys are going to do. my God. I when I saw the Johnny Smith news break, you have no idea the dances that I did alone in my living room. <laughs> the screams of joy you would have heard if you had been standing in my front yard at that time. Um, because this guy, I mean, I, I was I was telling somebody earlier today. I was like, if the Patriots had signed, had figured out a way to get O.J. Howard, David Njoku, or Gronk back. It's pretty much the only three scenarios in which I would be more ecstatic about the tight end position for the Patriots than Johnny Smith. And that's and that and this doesn't even really like this is not it's not as if this is a crazy deal at all. It's still it's a pretty it's a pretty good deal. Four years, fifty million dollars, thirty one million guaranteed. You're not really that concerned about that with a with a guy like John R. Smith. He's only twenty five years old. Let's not forget He's that. He's twenty five years old. You can use him very – here's the thing. He's coming off uh, working with uh, Arthur Smith, the new Falcons coach, uh, as his offensive coordinator. Yep. They're going to do a great – he's going to transition well into sort of the hybrid-style offense. That Josh McGill is going to have him do a lot. I wouldn't be surprised if you see a lot of those uh, Travis Kelsey powers that you saw a lot from the Chiefs, the sort of like 
Kelsey Kelsey's up on the right side and like comes in and does like a run run into the center with a quick flick from Mahomes. Well, Don't be surprised of some of that. This is what Cam was missing last year. This is I was saying that I mean I've been saying this since before last season started. I oh, absolutely. Get somebody to replace Gronkowski, or there will be no third down guarantees in the Patriots offense. When you bring in a field stretcher, you got a vertical threat, a field stretcher, and a third down guarantee in Johnny Smith. And uh, the one thing I think you don't get is kind of the blocking element. He's, I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, pretty well known for being one of the weaker pass blockers. Uh, at the tight end position. Yeah, well, maybe one of the three other tight ends he drafted can figure that out. How about yeah, that? Yeah, maybe, maybe Ryan <laughs> is still blocking back. Um, but yeah, Jonu really gets my juices flowing. I am so excited about that. Cam and Jonu, you've already got this little kernel of a rebuild. You've got this little kernel of this new dynasty that, that uh, you know, you could have speculated on a couple of years back that's coming together. And yeah, I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility the Patriots draft a quarterback in the first round this year. Um, also, think- let's not forget Trent Brown. That felt like that felt like that fell under oh, the radar because it totally like because honestly because it did it looked it felt it like there's a bunch of lo- well there's a bunch of like low stakes trades you know like the Dolphins Texans where everyone on Twitter did like clickbait like the Dolphins have a deal. For Bernard McKinley. It's like, you knew we didn't want that. You know we don't care about that at all. Come on. Even McK- even the poor guy's family barely cares. I mean, come on. It's, yeah, his uh, mom called him up and said, any news about Deshaun Watson? <laughs> well, yeah, have you heard about Deshaun? What's up? What's going on? Let me know if you can hear about it. So that's, that's you know, and that's, and that's the, but I think I'm really happy on that point that you guys chose to go big in terms of signing a guy like John or Smith rather than, Going for, you know, like, again, like I said, in our mock draft, I had you guys doing something that's felt more Belichickian. Like, you grab a Tommy Tremble in the third round or Brevin Jordan in the second or third round. And you're like, okay, this could be fun. But, like, you're kind of scarred after the joke that I just made two minutes ago. You know what I mean? I, I appreciate that Bill Belichick had the, you know, had the decency, frankly, to just go around and say, well, you know what? We're in a situation where not only do we have cap room, but, like, so few teams have cap room. So few teams have realistic cap room. This is the opportunity of a lifetime, especially for a team like New England that loves to grab. Grabbing cut veterans is your job. Like that's yep. that's who you specialize in. So this 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 is not over. All right. Like you, I met Kyle Van Noy has a very very uh, you know I would say he's a very good chance of ending up in New England. Uh, and if you pair that with Matthew Judon, you guys just signed. Oh, oh boy. Oh, boy. I mean, you've got something really cooking here in New England, and I'm excited because that division outside of the Jets who, don't let me forget, I want to get on a Jets rant, but I want to <laughs> save it for a little bit. But I am angry uh, about the Jets right now. and so. Uh, but outside of that always constant dumpster fire, you've got three really fun teams in that division, and it's going to be an amazing six games to watch, six-plus games to watch. Today. Yeah. Doing the math, right? nine games to watch. Nine games. Oh my god! So you know what this feels like today, specifically feels like Tell is me. all of last year. Remember all of last off season, we were hearing the "Let Russ Cook" drumbeat grow on Twitter and in the media, and the speculation, the hype started rising, started going up. You you felt the pressure in the room go up, um, but there was always this element underneath it all of just like. 
they're not going to let Russ cook. Come on. We've seen the same shit every single year. Every single year, the fan base begs for Russ to pass. And every single year, Pete Carroll goes, no, I'm going to run first. And that first couple of weeks where Russell was just airing it out to DK, and you were just like, holy shit, holy shit, this is it. They're cooking. This, this is happening. That's what it feels like right now to be a, a Patriots fan because they never do this. He's never done this before. And it's like done in such a done in such a great way too. I think there have been some, you know, I think there's a lot of times where teams like that that aren't used to this, they sort of like they'll just say, "Oh, we'll spend big money on the smart guy," right? On the sort of like on the sort of like, "Eh, he's fine." But instead, but like we're gonna overpay a little bit for like the mediocre guy. Like that's if they spent money, I thought they were gonna load up on a bench of like offensive linemen and uh, and you know like de- and defensive interior guys and just kind of try to do it like in a not so fun type of way. I really appreciate. Listen, that Johnu Smith is a great balance of that because he's a weapon, but he's also you know it works so well for what exactly like you said what Cam Newton needs and. What it, he's a reliable threat on the tight end power on a sweep, but he's reliable to just get you six, seven yards when you need him. The third down conversion, he's eligible for a deep ball. And I'm telling you what, you know, who I think is a great fit is another guy who the Titans have already basically made it clear they're not bringing back Corey Davis. That seems like a nice little uh wide receiver. Type. That seems like the type of receiver, um, that I think a guy like Bill Belichick would go for if he's going to make a big splash. I mean, listen, it's a, it's it's his it's his boy's boy, you know? It's Mike Vrabel's boy. It's funny that you say that because I just had today a a conversation with my dad via text about this very possibility that Corey Davis could come in t- former teammates with Janu, um formerly on a a very um kind of uh run first uh offense with your with your um second backup play always kind of being that play action um that i think cam is going to be perfectly suited for at this stage in his career when you have Corey davis streaking up the nines i mean we remember what it looked like last year when Corey davis got free when they sold out to stop derrick henry on the line and Corey davis was one-on-one streaking back and ryan Tannehill was just like 75 yard touchdown there you go He's going to make uh, a could, lot of money because of it. Yeah, and we could see we could see some of that in this Patriots offense going forward, uh, especially if they're also worried that Cam's going to turn Johnny into this real third down threat, this real weapon of it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. I mean, you know, maybe we run the ball in first and second down, maybe it's third and nine, doesn't fucking matter. Johnny's going to run over the middle, catch over the middle, just like Gronk used to do. You know, it's just like. That's the thing that really demoralizes a defense and makes it just like, well, what do we have to do? Well, what do we have to do? You know, and that's when you start to you start to let the attrition set in. As Bill Belichick would probably say, you know, that kind of stuff, it happens. It happens at the margins. It happens with making a linebacker look one way for a half a second. That's all. That, that's all it takes, especially when you have, you know, such athletes like Cam Newton, like John Smith, like James White ain't going anywhere. You know, I think they're also going to take a. Uh, uh, a swing at a at a running back now. Not now. Now all of a sudden, I'm changing everything I think about what the Patriots are gonna do. As I feel like the whole world is, you know, they they woke up to a, a real fucking surprise today. And well, as every email I've gotten for the past year and a half has told me, we live in unprecedented times. 
So that's I, I I don't know if you've seen the three commercials before every episode on anything you watch on Hulu, but <laughs> we live in unprecedented times. You're right about that. I I I I I love that so much, and I'm really happy for you guys. But I wanna I wanna say this too. What do you feel about uh, Joe Thune going to the Chiefs? Your boy, going your former boy. Chiefs, I did see that. Yeah, that was a. Uh... I had just sent my dad an article a little while before that that said Patriots and Joe Tooney still interested in each other. Um, and apparently, uh, yeah, the Chiefs made a better offer, which, first of all, I don't know how the Chiefs are still paying people. Uh, it, it seems crazy that they're still adding talent. I don't know where they're finding the cap space. But, well, go ahead, yeah. go ahead. Uh, well, I was just going to say that it seems like a great fit for them. Like, I mean, good on them. Uh, this is going to be really helpful. They needed to add veteran O-line help. They needed to make that O-line look more professional so that Patrick Mahomes looks like uh, looks more like Tom Brady, you know, than he does like Russell Wilson, not always running away from pressure. Um, so, you know, it, it bums me out, but it's smart on them, and it's good for him. He's going to be a star, uh, you know, still. So he gets to be – gets to have that, that big contract. Well, I – so I heard something fascinating today on, on, on Undisputed, believe it or not, which is not – you don't usually hear fascinating. It's not usually the word you associate with the debate shows. But in this case, actually, well, there's a, there's a thing in Dak Prescott's contract and in a lot of those Cowboys contracts that literally says at any time at its discretion, the club can turn any amount of this salary just into a signing bonus and prorate it to their discretion, meaning – so if 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 Dak Prescott is I'm just I don't know the, I remember the exact number but let's just for an even number say 25 million and they decide eh we're just going to they could decide this year like we're going to turn this whole salary into a signing bonus and just push it out. And that's so the Cowboys are the kind of team where this kind of stuff just becomes public cuz they're just so like the media is so obsessed with them there's a million reporters to leak to and all this stuff and just everything gets found out. But like I think the way the Chiefs or any team like that is able, or like the Rams are able to do this stuff, I really think it it just comes down to that. At the end of the day, in this league, and this, I mean, the Saints went from like seventy million in the red. They're only like twenty million in the red right now. They're making they they just signed an offensive tackle, James Hurst, just now. Like I don't I don't know how with what money I don't know, but they're doing it, and it's 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 just. I think it's real. There's a lot of that in these contracts where you can basically just like, you know, you see these numbers and all the players end up getting the money, but it could just be con- the contract terms themselves are almost meaningless. So you just kind of move it around whenever you want. It's just kind of like, here, you're going to get $160 million whenever we get around to it, is really what they all should say. It's all meaningless. I know, but it's also like, how many times can you continue to go back to that Ponzi scheme ask well before you're eventually paying the piper? Uh, and, and, and then you're just Jerry Jones sitting there paying an entire football team to not play for you. I mean, at some point, those costs are going to stack up on each other in an untenable way. Um, maybe at that point, you just sell the team to somebody else who feels like front footing the bill. Um, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, um, I believe Dak is due $75 million. Yeah, here it says Prescott's signing bonus is $66 million. The highest in NFL history with a record seventy-five million dollars due year one. So, yeah, so the that's cap like, is one hundred and eighty-two million dollars. They're not paying Dak seventy-five. Well, no, no, no. Well, so but that's the th- but that's a, that's that's a sixty-six million dollar like at signing signing bonus. Yeah, that, that's I don't think that's that's what I'm saying. So it's like you know we were talking about this a little while ago. Like at some point, 
this is all just semantics. It's all just fairy dust. We're all just pretending the cap is a thing. And in reality, if any team can transfer their $160 million quarterback salary to almost all uh, bonus and the cap hit is like, you know, $6 million at the end of the day, then at some point we're just living in baseball again, right? We're just living in a world with no salary cap and a luxury tax and the teams that spend the most on, on their talent win the most, just I mean, like we see in baseball. It's the Red Sox and the Yankees and the Astros and the Cubs every single year, right? Well, but I'd say a few things. I think, number one, I don't mind that personally. I'd be okay with that because I think that it – because something that I really hate is, oh, this is a great player that everyone likes and is really fun, and we like him and would like to keep him. Uh, but we're just going to release him instead for the salary cap reasons. I think that is sort of like the most devastating thing to fans, right? That are actually That's, like taking yeah, their team seriously. Totally agree. Right. And I, I, so I'm, I'm not opposed to, you know, like, 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 because I think about again, my Saints situation, if that wasn't possible, like, so what? So we drafted Michael Thomas, we draft Alvin Kamara, we draft Marcus Williams, we draft Ryan Ramchick, and then we can't, we can't keep a team around them. They just have to, you know, they have to. Just, so I, 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 you know, maybe I'm biased because it's what my team has been doing to just basically stay afloat forever. But I, I don't, I necessarily don't even, I don't mind it because I want, I like building these, like, you know, these sort of like super teams and some team, And I, the other thing you could say is, well, listen, the Indianapolis Colts have been basically allergic to spending money and they were, and you know, except in random, like, one-off spurts, right? Not yeah. actually against the cap. And I would argue that, like... Well, hey, they signed had... Phillip Rivers. That was a big splash move. Well, that's, but, but that's my point. Like, I feel like there's so many opportunities. Like, why, if you're not... If you're the Colts, would you not... I mean, maybe, and maybe it was just he was never going to go, but, like, why are you not throwing money at Chris Godwin and saying, hey, come, come here and pair up with Michael Pittman uh and may and help our, our uh, Carson Wentz have a strong have a stronger transition why is why is that not happening and the answer is because it's these teams like the Packers as well that are just like conservative for the sake of being conservative and I I think that like as long as you can do that kind of stuff there are going to be teams like LA that just like the Rams you know that just go for it I would rather have teams that go for it than teams that are like Meh, well yeah the cap yeah, considerations you're absolutely right, because at the end of the day, this is a business, and you have people in charge who are more interested in making money off of their expenses than they are off of winning, because those are two very different things. And, uh, you know, this is something Seattle fans have talked about for a while, that, you know, the team's really good. They, keep, they have a massively strong, successful, engaged fan base. They, when they sell tickets, the fans almost always come to the ballpark and get to watch their boys win. The only thing is they have not passed the first or second round of the playoffs since, uh, you know, they won the Super Bowl. And the reason being that they make a shitload of money. Why would they need to change? Like, this is a, this is a successful business for everyone at the top, right? It's a successful business to have all the jerseys that everybody wants to buy. Yeah, I'm absolutely. And, and be good enough. And I think what happened last year is they didn't have Dak, and they were like, oh, that is not sustainable for the brand. That bad football is not sustainable for the brand. Dak Prescott will create 
good enough football to sustain the brand. And for that, he's worth $160 million. That's exactly That's right. the calculation. That's exactly right. We're going to be competitive enough that it's reasonable to lead off the show with us. Because if you have three wins, it's unreasonable to lead the show off with you. If you have eight or nine or ten, okay. Oh, all right. You're interesting. <laughs> okay. Now speculate. And then your fans have reason to be like, Super Bowl, Cowboy Super Bowl. And that's all. That's what it's all built on. So yeah. in that well, way, he's mention, worth way more than $160 million. In that way, he's worth the valuation of the franchise. That's fair. Not to mention the division he's playing in did not exactly show that they were going to be tough competition this past year. I mean, if they'd had Dak healthy this past year, they probably would have walked away with the division, right? I think that's very true. Although I will say, I Washington football team, Trey Lance, and watch out. You know what I mean? With that defense <laughs> and Trey Lance and Terry well, McLaurin you got- and your boy Gibson. You also got the Jalen Hurts Eagles now coming into that, you know, coming into their own in that division. So yeah, so like I said, the Washington football team. Very, <laughs> <laughs> very so scary. like I said, in terms of true competition. <laughs> in terms of true competition, the Washington football team, you know. And I, I, let me tell you something. I'll the tell you what. The Washington football team with the idea of Trey Lance is more of a contender to you than than the Eagles with actually Jalen Hurts. That's absolutely correct. Uh, <laughs> but that's not that's not because of Jalen Hurts, actually, because I actually do really like Jalen Hurts. That's because of everything that surrounds Jalen Hurts, um, which is uh, old, which is old, decrepit offensive linemen who are ready to be hurt for nine games. Uh, whatever linebackers, the same. I don't really see any – I don't have any confidence in that coach. I don't know. I don't know who he is or why I should care about him, but he seems like a terrible hire. Just based on like I, I mean we'll see if if he comes up with something amazing, good for him. But I don't I don't have any reason to believe that yet. There's no reason to have that confidence in him. And Nick Sirianni. I, that no I I I know Nick Sirianni, but like I don't. Well, he was a, was he a Colts guy? He was the, he was a. I don't I, know that uh, if he was, then that's really incestual at this point between those two teams. I I dude, it's just it's just more like I don't. Like he's not an offensive mind that I know of, and if he's and if he blows me away, then he blows me away, and I'll I'll sit here and I'll say God bless Nick Sirianni, but I don't, you know. No, it's, yeah, he's it, such an unknown. I mean, it's, it's it seems to be a, a organizational problem for the Eagles is more what I mean. The fact that Jeffrey Lurie is going in and be like, all right, everybody, Jalen Hurts is the call quarterback. Next question, and it's like, okay, so why are we here? What what's the point? Is it just this loud rich guy telling us what we're doing? Like, is that? Is that the deal? And yes, it is. That is the deal in 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 Philadelphia. Although it is in Dallas too. So I also feel like the industry is just a little too caught up on the idea of if you saw somebody else get success by doing a certain strategy, let's do that strategy on paper and it'll work for us. And it, my what I mean by that here is I feel like people have been trying to hire the next Sean McVay since Sean McVay was hired, and it's like, well, they're not all going to be Sean McVay. Right, what you're not doing, you're not at that point. You're not trusting that guy. Doesn't have Sean McVay's offensive capabilities and ideas. What you're, what you're basically saying is, you're trust now. You're trusting Sean McVay's hiring ability, which is a totally different thing. Well, you're, and you're, just the idea of deciding to go with the young, unproven guy, just going like, oh, well, you know, maybe this is the next Kyle Shanahan. Like, you know, Cliff Kingsbury is a great example of this. Of just like, okay, we'll bring in a guy. We know he is popular. We know he does a lot. We know he's going to make a splash. And we believe he is going to translate into the NFL in a Sean McVay way. And it just feels like I'm, I'm never one to defend 
giving, uh, you know, an Adam Gates another job because he has a proven track record or whatever. But it also feels like now there's this this uh, hip kind of trend going around of hiring the next guy under 40 whom you've never heard of because who knows, you know, maybe maybe he's got the answers. Who knows? You know, you won't know until you give him a shot. And you know that if you hire Hugh Jackson, you're not going to get it. So there you go. But that's the whole point. That's that's hiring and operating out of fear. And that's how every single yep. failed organization where the, the Chiefs go in every year and saying, All right, this is what we want to do. We are a high flying passing attack. All right. Our defense is we we brush up against the corners. We we create as much pressure as we can, but really just push up against those corners. We try to play rough football and we try to score enough points to not have to care too much about the defense. And we wear out the offense, basically. All right. How do we how are we going to do that successfully? Well, we need we need two multiple speed demons. We need multiple running backs. We need uh, we need we need a guy like Joe Tooney right now to keep for some pass protection because Pat Mahomes almost got killed in the Super Bowl. Right. You know, like that, like they have, they're, they're operating from position of this is what we do. We're good at it. Not like, oh, well, we're not sure what the next trend is. So let's see if this guy can figure it out. All, all I'm asking for is to say, hey, this is the personnel we have. This is the offense we can run. This is the defense we can run. How can we improve that? Who can run an, who can run an offense like that? Who can run a defense like that? Not just like who sniffed Sean McVay's ass most recently. Like, I, right. you know, I don't understand. Like, hire, hire his dog. I don't know what to tell you. It's like the. <laughs> It's like throwing a handful of paint at a canvas and just waiting to see what what the shape comes out looking like and being like, oh yeah, it's a it's a bird. And well, it's like, that, no, that's not how football works. You gotta you gotta plan every step of the way meticulously. And by the I way, mean, yeah, go ahead, sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say there was a beautiful article that came out after the after the Patriots came back against the Falcons in the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. uh, which is a moment I never get tired of talking about. Me neither, honestly. Great, great stuff. Falcons losing, um, great content great uh, article that came out and this is part of the reason why i was defending matt patricia a while back if you remember that whole controversy was because the article talked about how the mcdaniels and patricia and belichick at that point in that game had such a meticulous game plan that they knew exactly all these contingencies of what would happen if this happened and what would happen if this happened what would happen if this happened and so when their game plan when when the game revealed to them that it was, well, it's, it, you got to go all out because it's 28 to 3. They had already a contingency plan in place for what would happen and a script ready to go, and they ran that script, and it worked. I mean, that's a ridiculous amount of planning. Think about that. Think about all the outcomes that can possibly happen in a football game. And that, but, that, but that's, you know, that's the thing. That's what it takes because I think we get so caught up in, in, in frankly, in, in – talent in a lot of cases that you really like unless you have like the extremes the Tyreek Hills right at the the end of the day you got a lot of NFL players and more importantly especially with coaches I think for players obviously I should probably take that back as for the players obviously there are there are clear talent differences and strengths and weaknesses when you're talking about coaches though these are all just human beings who've been watching football for a long time that's what all of them are, and, and so are the GMs, and so are so is everybody in the scouting department and everybody, right? And at the end of the day, so what's going to win out is just preparation and scripting. That's just that that's you you can only you can only outwork people. That's really all you can do. Just have the most information possible so that you're saying you're so that you're making a decision with some sort of information instead of like you said, which I think is the case for I literally think is the Arizona Cardinals hire. It's like. Dude, we have no fucking clue who to hire. It's just, I don't know. Maybe this guy knows. Whatever. 
Like, I think yeah. that's exactly the tone that that GM had when he did. He's like, dude, I don't know. So let's just do it. I don't care. Whatever. I, I, an easy guy Anyone to play. have an idea? Maybe you? In the hat? Okay. Exactly. Well, you know what the other thing is? When you got a young guy in there that you just throw in there, that is an easy guy to fire in two years and put all the blame on them. Right. Because that's, what, that's what's going to happen. And in this case, I actually think it might be accurate because he stole DeAndre Hopkins. You know, he brought in Kenyon Drake, did a great job there. Now he's got, now he's going for, now he's going for JJ Watt as they should. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think they've necessarily made bad moves, but in the last few years, but like, I think it is a Cliff Kingsbury thing there, but I'm just saying, you know, that that's an easy scapegoat. If you may, if you hire a seasoned guy and you fuck up with him, it becomes your fault, you know, and GMs yep. think about that. You know, when you hire someone, everyone constantly thinks about, all right, what, how is this hire going to affect me? That's just people. And I, you know, but when you, when you know what you're doing and you're saying, I'm not hiring scared, I'm not hiring worried about my job. I'm hiring saying, I'm trying to build this type of team. We need this, whether it's veteran leadership or innovation, in our offense or innovation, in our defense or whatever it is, this guy is to bring it. And that's, and that's, and that comes from hard work and that comes from research and it comes from information. And it's not, you know, when you make it harder than that, you know, that's when you, that's when you get overcomplicated and make stupid decisions. When you try to put other factors involved, you trade away DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson, the second round pick. So. Right. All right. Well, time to pivot to our next piece of news, the retirement of Drew Brees. <laughs> you are my President Saints fan. I know that you were a little bit worried. I Honestly, dude, throughout the offseason, as the offseason was going on, he was not retiring. I was getting more and more sure he was going to – and I'll say that also Ben Roethlisberger decided to restructure his contract with Pittsburgh so he could take a little bit less money and come back and try to play one more year, see if he can cap off cap off his career with the Super Bowl. Um, I kind of figured Breeze might be like, oh, I just saw Tom Brady do it. What if that were me? <sighs> you know, here's 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 the situation, man. I have to give I'm not I, I, I'm I'm happy to do this now on this day because at this point now he's no longer a burden to my team, weighing them down like a rusty anchor. No, no, no. At this point, he's now a man to be celebrated, loved, and revered because he brought us a Super Bowl. He single-handedly, I'd say, saved New Orleans football because this team would not have the ability. Like you saw, if you look in the NBA, the New Orleans, Oklahoma City Hornets were like floating around. They went to yep. the Thunder. They gave all that stuff. Yeah, the reason. Yeah, and and you know who owns the New Orleans Pelicans now? The current Saints owner. And yep. why was the Saints owner owner able to stay here? Because of the because of the legend of Drew Brees. It is, I mean, it, it, you can really say it's the best free agent signing anyone's ever made. I mean, realistically, how many free agent signings get you a franchise quarterback? They don't. They, you, they, they don't. They're, they're just not available. And 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 one was given away to us really by the Miami Dolphins. Uh, you know, and he is the most accurate quarterback what, that there that there has ever been. I mean, all-time passing yards leader, all-time passing yards leader. Well, here's here's the thing. It's just it's the consistency. It's the, it's how precise he's been. And I honestly, I'm so thankful uh, for the things that he's done. I know that I talk smack about him a lot, and the reason I talk smack about him is not it's not a reflection on his overall career, which has been legendary and one of the best of all time. Uh, it's just, it's, it's the reality of like what this league needs now, but 
let me tell you something. He was athletic for a long time as well. And I know he used to have this ability to really escape the pocket in a Tom Brady sort of way, but honestly with even more with even more speed. He used to have some nice little touchdown rounds. So he's done great things. I want to do nothing but say nice things about him today because I'm just I'm I he, he listen, he got a Super Bowl. He beat a lot of great teams on the way there, including the Peyton Manning Colts. And I am so thankful. He's the reason I'm a Saints fan because, you know, that was just sort of a random team that I picked up. And, you know, a year after I picked them up, he just happened to sign. And, I mean, I've been following ever since. So, I, you know, I'm, I'm the happiest man alive right now because I, I, it, it would have been horrifying to watch him somewhere else and certainly would have been horrifying for him to take up any more of our cap. But uh, all the best to uh, a great man uh, uh, and the best quarterback that New Orleans will have, will ever have. Well, hopefully that's not the case. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm not typically one to play the shoulda, coulda, woulda bowl. But uh, I, I do also believe that the Saints, uh, had they had uh, Nikel Roby Coleman actually had a unnecessary roughness or uh, pass interference flag thrown on him for that dirty hit uh, a couple of years back in the NFC Championship game, then it would have been the Saints facing the Patriots instead of um, the Rams in the playoffs. Either, I forget it was the Rams or the Eagles that year, but regardless, it could, neither of them did the Patriots show up, and the Saints could have easily kicked their ass. So I, I truly believe that – oh, it's the Rams. What am I talking about? Nikel Roby Coleman? Yeah, it's the Rams. It's the Rams, yeah. Well, that could, would have been easy for me to suss out on my own, but there you go. Um, that – Super Bowl ended three to thirteen. You know, like I think uh, Drew Brees and the Saints would have had a little bit more of a statement to make than three points. Yeah, you know, listen, I, I, I understand that there is a lot. There's a lot to be desired there, but I think, I think here's the problem. That's going to happen a lot in the NFL because the reality is, like, you know, the Chiefs existed, the Patriots existed. You know, they're uh, in in the AFC. It was always going to be difficult, and then the NFC. Listen, those were. Those were some really, really good teams uh, that we lost to in a lot of cases, and in cases like the Vikings. Listen, I'm, I'm embarrassed. It, it's unlucky. It is really unlucky. Um, but here's the thing that I'm going to consistently fall back on, man. I mean, the amazing drafting has not stopped. The only reason we haven't had such an amazing draft class is literally just because we haven't had the picks. The capital, like totally. when we when we had the 2017 draft with that one that everyone talks about. That's we had two first rounders. Michael Lattimore. Thomas, Elvin Kamara. No, no, no. That no, so the first like amazing one that I think everyone talks about is 2016 because Sheldon Rankin's first round and then uh, Michael Thomas and Von Bell in the second round. Oh boy! But in the 2017, that Michael was Thomas went in the second round. Twenty at uh, the 16th pick in the second round, actually. Jesus, that yeah. is crazy to think about now. And then in 2017, it's Lattimore and Ramchick in the first. Marcus Williams in the second, Alvin Kamara, Alex Anzalone, who's a star, who's a starter and a beast, and Trey Hendrickson, all in the all in the third. We had three Kamara was in picks. the third. Dude, Kamara's third. Hendrickson's in the third. Excellent at extracting value from those late rounds. And now, even this is, yeah, this is how good Bill Belichick thinks he is at doing that. And then then you get Ryan Izzo at tight end for a year. But I, but what I'm saying is, and this and this and this keeps happening because in 2018 we have a seventh rounder, Will Clapp, who still starts today. You got fucking Traquan Smith in the third. C.J. Gardner-Johnson was a fourth rounder in 2019. 
Eric McCoy is a starter, a second rounder in 2019. Cesar Ruiz in the first round. Like, like, like this is good. And what, so what I'm saying by that is I have confidence in the ability to have another 2017 if we have the resources, right? I don't think that that is that we didn't luck into anything. You know, we, we, when you have drafting as a strategy and when you have the cap maneuvers that we do, we have, you have like, you've built stability as a franchise through Drew Brees that you can capitalize and, and use as part of your culture forever. Honestly, I mean, it, 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 it changes the team. There is, there is now a sense that the Saints organization is a very well run championship style organization, even when we didn't, we haven't won any Super Bowls uh, the past 10 years. Right, but there's yeah. but there's the bravado, almost like we have because we've been cause we've been so great, and you can use that for free agencies for ten years to come, especially as long as Sean Payton is there. Well, exactly. Sean Payton has been sneakily one of the best coaches in the league for a very long time, and I think people talk a lot about Sean McVay. We talk a lot about Kyle Shanahan. We talk a lot about Belichick, about Andy Reid, about uh, Pete Carroll, even in a lot of cases. But, uh, you know, Peyton's name, some, sometimes not, not ending up on that list. And, you know, I think he, you could argue he's the best co- head coach in the league, uh, you know, as far as just uh, covering all your bases in, in all the different categories. Well, it, and it's, what, what's really always irritating is there's oh, every year, like every two or three years or something like that, but it almost feels like every year, there's these rumors that like, oh, Sean Peyton, does Sean Peyton want to leave and go to the Cowboys? And he never has once in his life. And it's another, like, it's one of these, like, bullshit cowboy media stories that's, like, everyone's obsessed with the Cowboys. So they just make up stories about the Cowboys. And, like, Sean Payton is the most New Orleans man I've ever met in my life. Just walk, he just walks around and flip-flops, picking up gumbo shrimp, saying what's up to the people <laughs> in New Orleans. Like, oh, there's so many. He's, he's just, like, a laid-back, awesome guy. It's just, he, that would be, that'd be way too – like, the fact that there would be, like, a million cameras, like, shoved in his face like that, he'd have fun for a while, but then he'd be like, get the fuck out of my way. What are you doing here? Stop. Like, he's, 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 he's too low-key for that, and it just pisses me off so much because it's never even something that he considers – and then it's always, but it's always thought that like Sean Payton is like dying to get out of this organization. Sean Payton's basically the GM of the organization. Mickey Loomis is just the guy with the calculator. Sean right? Payton is the uh, the Randy Johnson of football head coaches. Remember, he was playing for Arizona, and then he got that big contract playing for the Yankees, and he punched a cameraman like for the first time he stepped off the plane. I love that. I think that's. I think that's really a. Uh... I think that's really important. But let me ask you – let me actually throw something at you right now because you want me to throw some breaking news at you real quick? Throw it at me. Yannick Ngankwe, a man we all love and has been – kind of slipped off since, Jackson, since Jacksonville, but I really think he can make a new impact at his new home. The Las Vegas Raiders. Whoa. Oh, the Raiders making moves. That's fun. That's exactly what they need. I mean they need – they need something. Again – we talk, I talked about this in terms of the uh, in terms of the draft and the and the the uh, the mock draft that we did. They are building that line from the inside out, and, they, and this is and this is a way and this is another huge way of doing it. You know, Yannick Ngankwe, when you pair him up with Cleveland Farrell, when you pair him up with Max Crosby, you know, you're going to get a lot out of that, and especially if you draft someone else on the line, uh, maybe a Gregory Rousseau, a Jalen Phillips type. It would be really, really. All of a sudden, you got a stellar pass rush. You got a Washington football team style pass rush, and that again takes a lot of it. it takes a lot off your quarter cornerbacks, and takes a lot off your uh, quarterbacks because he's going to get the ball in a lot better places. I love that. I saw that, and I had to. I had to 
point that out because I love that deal. Oh, I love that too. Um, before we move too far beyond the Saints, and I know that uh, we've kind of already made this a deep dive about our own teams without trying to because we're just too excited about free agency. It's just how we roll, man. But just tell me this, man. The year is 2021. Who is starting for the Saints? Oh, man. I mean... At quarterback. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 I know. I mean, because I, honestly, I was hoping for Cam Newton. I was hoping you guys were going to let him go and we were going to take him on. And uh, let me tell you, I am so thrilled that we are taking the chance on cam i think cam has not said he all he needs to say he's not done all he needs to do i could not be happier that you do not get the chance to sign cam Newton. well that's that's inferior no i know i i know no i'm just saying that that was my original plan and i'm very disappointed that you took it away um but i think i think it's got to be Jameis winston i think i really have a lot of confidence really and him figuring this out look I believe in him in a Sean Payton offense. I think he needs time. I think this is a guy who has already shown that he can light up the scoreboard and light up the uh, yardage. And, 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 and that's, you know, listen, Sean Payton doesn't – What the thing that is upsetting me, you said earlier that Sean Payton is one of the best – is the best coach in the NFL, and I, I, don't, I don't agree with that. And one of the reasons that I, I don't is he has the flaw that just – maybe he is, but I just – he has the same flaw that a lot of these best head coaches do is, is, is they feel as if they can't be themselves. They try to make football harder than it is for them. And especially yeah. for guys like them, it's very easy. And so they, they insist they have to give 10 carries to Latavius Murray. You know, <laughs> they have to run up the mid. They have to do a very random up the middle uh, run uh, for two or three yards to keep them honest, to make it seem like they're not going to be to make to, to as if that somehow is going to make them surprised when Sean Payton goes for the 25 yard bomb. Okay. You know what I mean? Like it's like, Connor, you gotta, you gotta keep them honest. I mean, what's going to happen if everyone starts lying out there on the field, it's going to be chaos. It's going to be like, you be tripping over all those people. They're going to be yeah. lying and laying. It's going to be terrible. There's, there's going to be so much lying and laying. You're not even going to know which word we're saying anymore. I, I, I understand that. I totally get it. But I just, you know, Sean Payton needs to return to his roots, return to the guy who did an onside kick in the Super Bowl. Just, just that's crazy. We don't even think of that it now. It's like nothing. Crazy. But like it was my dude. What I saw it live at the time. I've never screamed that loud in my life. Still to this day. I mean, it was crazy, and it was so awesome. And it's the reason they won the Super Bowl. It was the possession that they needed. And and like as soon as this team. You know, I think the problem was that Drew Brees was just not that type of quarterback anymore. He was short passes, like a little accuracy and a little bump. But I think if you get a guy like Jameis Winston who has proved that he can sling it, who has proved he will throw it and throw it and throw it 50 times, let's just do that. Let's throw it 50 times. Let's put Kamara in the backfield on uh, and get some option plays. That's how I want to keep him honest, okay? I want to get I want to draft a running back. I want to get a guy like Kenneth Gainwell out of Memphis and and put him in the backfield with Kamara and run running and two running back sets, fake sets, fake to one throw to the other. That's what I that's Sean Payton. That's Saints football. And when we stop playing that because we think we that doesn't like the people think when you say don't play Saints defense, that means like don't play defense. Like, no, 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 no. We have Dennis Allen. We franchise tag Marcus Williams. We still got to keep Marshawn Lattimore. Thank God. You know, we, it seems like we're going to keep Cam Jordan. I mean, we're going to have a great team here. Let's not pretend that this is not going to be a good defense. 
we can still be a good defense, but on offense, we got to play our football. And it's, it, it was infuriating me to see all these like sad, pathetic, conservative runs, basically just for the sake of doing it. And, and, and I feel like part of it was just how Drew Brees was just not that type of quarterback anymore. And I'm hoping that if you get James Winston in there, unleash the beast. Yeah, uh, it's going to be painful. Man, I mean, there's gonna there's gonna be that game a couple weeks into the season where he throws his second pick in the first half, and you're like, oh no, I forgot it's Jameis Winston though. I just, you know, I gotta tell you, man, I I just I have this blind confidence that Sean Payton's routes are gonna be more open, that our offensive line is that much better, that Alvin Kamara is that much more open that Michael Thomas is that much more open and that and is pissed off after last year. I I'm not I think Traquan Smith has can have a breakout. I like Deontay Harris. It has a breakout as maybe our deep guy. I hope we draft Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore would be an amazing deep man. Uh I listen, I have confidence and I think that James has gotten older, he's gotten wiser, he's got the support of the locker room, he's got protection around him, he's got great scheming and coaching. I think this is the prime opportunity for him. I think we sort of have whitewashed how bad the Buccaneers were, just schematically speaking. And just, and, uh, I think just because, you know, Tom Brady walked in and won a Super Bowl with them. Yeah, well, because it's, it's Tom Brady, you know. I, I, I think they also had drafted a lot of ty- – Hey, you know who would be a good quarterback linemen. for the Saints? Tom Brady. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Great. Yeah, that's a great idea. I mean, I, I, I think that's a great idea, except uh, I don't want that. Uh, I don't want a Buccaneer uh, Super Bowl champion to be on my team next year. That would kind of hurt me. But then it would kind of I'd have to get over it because James Winston was already on my team. So I guess I yeah, can't that's, make that's, that yeah, but Super Bowl champion James Winston. Well, that's uh, he's gonna be Super Bowl champion if we have this quarterback <laughs> next year. So don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. A lot, dude. Elijah Moore, Michael Thomas, Adam Troutman, Alvin Kamara, <laughs> Kenneth Gainwell, just going crazy, baby. Ooh, I can. I gotta tell you something now. I'm getting excited just thinking about Traquan Smith, Deontay Harris. Ooh, it's ooh. getting hot in here. So these names, these these names, they are names of players on this team that are very good. <laughs> Look them all up. Okay. All right. Well, at this point, I think we can take a little halfway break in the show and we'll return to you with some updated takes on new free agents for more recently. Stay tuned. (laughs) 